Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Monday, the 24th of January. There's mixed reviews from schools, teachers and parents across the country this morning after New South Wales and Victoria revealed their long-awaited back-to-classroom COVID plans. Students across both states will be asked to undertake rapid antigen tests twice a week, but it won't be mandatory. Masks will be compulsory for high school students and teachers in New South Wales, while in Victoria, masks will also need to be worn by students from years three and above. Both premiers say schools need to stay open and remote learning will be an absolute last resort. But education expert Adam Voigt has told the project there's a lot to work through. The truth is this is an experiment. We don't know. We don't know how well this is going to work. We've got principals out there around the country trying to work out which of their teachers and their non-teaching staff are going to be available. They're trying to work out what they're going to do when when the disruption does come into terms of poor health to their students and to their staff. Meantime, families with immunocompromised children saying they're being put at risk, saying they're low on options and detail. Across the country yesterday, there were close to 50,000 new COVID cases. 60 people died with the virus, while only 5,000 people across Australia are currently in hospital with COVID. Queensland has marked a grim pandemic milestone with the state recording its 100th COVID death. Cases have soared in Queensland with close to 12,000 new cases recorded yesterday. It comes as the state government changes isolation rules for some more critical workers that are deemed close contacts. Queensland Health Minister Yvette Darth says disability and aged care, telecommunications, media and beverage manufacturers are now on that list. Where you are a critical essential worker who returns to work as a close contact, uh, you are required to undertake a rapid antigen test on day one uh, and every second day up to day six. Meantime, more than 6.5 million Australians will have access to free rapid antigen tests from today, but pharmacists across Australia say they will struggle to meet demand. Pensioners, veterans and low-income earners are among those allowed up to 10 free tests in a three-month period. In other news this morning, overseas now and 100,000 Russian troops remain gathered on the border with Ukraine, despite claims they have no plans to invade. While 90 tonnes of US military aid has touched down in Ukraine in a situation that's being described as the latest Cold War. CBS reporter Mary Ilushina has told 10 it's very tense. Ukraine is basically surrounded from two sides, from north and from the east, which caused a lot of concern in DC, in Europe, who are trying to figure out how to de-escalate this tension. And a major step forward in Australia's fight to make the internet a safer place. The Online Safety Act came into effect overnight, giving the eSafety Commissioner authority to order platforms to remove harmful content no matter where it's posted. The laws also include a world-first cyber abuse takedown scheme to better protect users from online bullying. Meantime, Prime Minister Scott Morrison's profile on a Chinese social media site has been hacked. It's being reported Scott Morrison's WeChat page has been rebranded to push Beijing propaganda with the name and account description changed. 
Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To WA and the state's health minister claims it's time for WA to learn how to live with Omicron safely as cases continue to increase in the West. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has the details from Perth. That's right, Tash. Shocking revelations from the Health Minister claiming we won't be able to eliminate Omicron. It follows a huge jump in COVID cases just yesterday with 24 new local infections and the number of exposure sites is set to grow. Amber Jade Sanderson says we need to learn to live with the virus. It's certainly the start of Omicron. Uh, I think it's clear that we're not going to eliminate Omicron. It's now about how we suppress and manage Omicron. Health authorities are also keeping a close eye on contacts of a COVID-positive woman and her child who presented themselves to a hospital emergency department. The pair were triaged incorrectly at Fiona Stanley on Saturday night, causing five families in the waiting room to isolate and get tested. Australian Nursing Federation State Secretary Mark Olson says he's not surprised claiming the staff member covering was a nurse's assistant. It should only be a qualified nurse. It should only be a qualified nurse who is uh, directing uh, where... Uh, COVID-positive patients need to go. And to South Australia, and records have been broken over the weekend after parts of the state saw its heaviest summer rainfall in decades. Our reporter Sean Maynard in Adelaide says the tropical system has caused widespread damage. Yeah, it really is an unseasonal three-day weather event that began back on Friday. Highly unusual stuff for summer. Uh, parts of the west coast and far north were soaked with record January falls. The system then moved south to the Air Peninsula and then to the York Peninsula yesterday. And that's where SES volunteers were called out to dozens of properties as the storms caused widespread flooding. It doesn't stop there. They had 170 mils at Kimber on the Air Peninsula. Locals telling us the whole town was underwater. It put kayaks, canoes, even jet skis on local roads that are, well, usually dry as a bone. Uh, Councils across the state are going to meet in the next day or so to discuss how they're going to clean up. Forecasters say we've not had a weather event quite like this in SA since 1946. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. Now, Bitcoin incredibly has lost half of its value since November and stock markets are bracing for a big sell-off. Why? Well, Bitcoin is seen as the power play for speculators, but when stock market sentiment turns negative, it becomes an early warning indicator that stocks and other high-growth assets could be in for trouble. This week, the US Central Bank is expected to tell us when interest rates will be raised, and after huge borrowing since the coronavirus, this is rocking stock markets and the likes of Bitcoin. Since November, Bitcoin has fallen from $89,000 to $49,000. And Peter, important inflation data is out tomorrow and there is increasing pressure now on our central bank to increase interest rates and sooner than expected. That's right. Economists have raised their forecast for tomorrow's inflation number, taking their core inflation figure up by 0.7% to an annual rate of 2.4%. What happens with the inflation result will have a big bearing on when the market expects the RBA to start raising interest rates, which always worries those overborrowed and stock market players. And when stocks fall, so do our super fund balances. We all need some silver linings at the moment, Peter. It's not all bad news for the economy with some hospitalisations and case numbers with COVID starting to stabilise in some areas of the country. 
This is the best news the economy could get, and the Australian newspaper says if the falling hospitalisation trend continues, we could be in for an Omicron-led economic recovery within weeks. That, of course, is a big if, but if it's right, it will offset stock market negativity coming from the threat of rising interest rates. For health and wealth reasons, we better hope it's right. Absolutely. Peter, thank you. Cheers. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas. Brett, happy Monday. Good morning. What a way to start the week. Ash Barty is another step closer to making her Australian Open dream a reality. Yes, she sure is. Good morning to you, Tash. 44 years the drought has been since we've had an Aussie woman win the uh, Australian Open. And Ash Barty, the fourth year in a row now, she's into the quarterfinal. She's the world number one, yet to drop the set. Look, it was a tough match last night against uh, Amanda Anna Samova, who had upset Naomi Osaka mm-hmm. on the way to the fourth round. And for the first time in a long time, Ash actually uh, dropped a game on serve. But uh, she managed to recover from that. She gets through in straight sets. So she's looking really strong at the moment. Of course, no Serena at the Aussie Open as well. And a lot of interest in the doubles, probably the most interest we've seen in the doubles for a long time. Special K, Kokonakis and Kyrgios getting through to the quarterfinals. They beat the 15th seed. A lot of entertainment. It was a sellout crowd on Kia Arena. And uh, let's hope they can go all the way through to the final. Dylan Alcott as well dropped the set, but into another Aussie Open semi-final in the quad wheelchair singles. How good is Dylan? And in other news this morning, Brett, the Strikers are one win away from the BBL final after a controversial win over the Thunder last night. Yeah, it was at uh, the MCG. Peter Siddle's been in good form, took a couple of wickets. Um, the Thunder, in their run chase, Usman Kawaja, given out for 23. Forward Ahmed taking the catch, but it was very, very close. It, it looked on the replays like it touched the grass. Now, it was given out, was the soft call on the field. It went up to the third umpire. Um, he couldn't overturn it. Uh, he felt that the vision was inconclusive, so you have to stick with the umpire's call. Usman Kawaja didn't agree with that, obviously, but the result still stands. He was out, and the Thunder uh, fell short. Uh, Harry Conway with a brilliant last over of bowling uh, for the strikers. So they go on to face the Sixers on Wednesday, and then the winner of that faces the Scorchers in the final. So uh, the strikers certainly playing well and full of confidence at the moment. Absolutely. Brett, thank you. Thanks, Tash. And a gentle reminder, you may want to check your spam folder this morning after one lucky woman discovered a multi-million dollar lotto prize in her junk emails. The woman from the US state of Michigan purchased an online lottery ticket on New Year's Eve and only noticed she was the winner after she went looking for a different missing email. She's now walked away with $4 million and says she plans to share the money with her family and retire early. What a way to start your week. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. And we look forward to seeing you bright and early tomorrow. Listener.